Welcome back to Scrap City Sports, your favorite place for all things Chicago sports. I'm Josh, along here with Carmen and Christopher. Uh, before we get started today, we want to, uh, like everybody in the world has already heard, uh, we want to give a little bit of respect and a moment of silence uh, for all of those that um, were injured or lost their lives in the attacks in Paris, the uh, the bombings and shootings that went on during the soccer game. So we're going to take a, a little moment of silence here for all them that uh, lost their lives We just want to say that our, our prayers and well wishes go out to everybody that was affected by that. Um, like I said, the whole world we know is is uh, there with Paris and uh, just a terrible, terrible thing that happened. Uh, like we were talking, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why people watch sports to kind of get away from their every day to day lives and and uh, kind of get out Problems of their own, in the world. Yeah, get out of their own stuff and be able to focus on, you know, a, a game for an hour or two or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, people that were at that soccer game. Um, on a lesser scale, but a soccer game had that ruined for them that night, um, which I know is, is is not even as close to important as those that, that were uh, killed or, or injured, but um, it's still a part of sports. And so that's why we're glad we get to do this for uh, with you guys every, uh, every other week uh, for about two hours. We get to get away from all the stuff going on in the world and just talk some sports. Um, and so speaking of sports, uh, we're going to kick off with a little bit of Blackhawks um, because we have... What do we have? Duncan Keith is back, right? Well, not officially, but not tomorrow. A, tomorrow. Oh, today. 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 today Saturday. So, yeah, so Duncan Keith's back uh, from an MCL injury. Uh, Meniscus tear. And you know, and that's that's really quick. Yeah. Uh, October, <laughs> October 17th is when he got injured. And um, he's <laughs> slated to play tonight. So it's what, 20... It's less 20, than a month. Yeah, 28, 29 days, something like that, which is... Ridiculous. Are we being Chicago fans? Are we a little jaded by the whole talk of you any know, sort of knee tear? Any knee tears and how long it takes to recover from a knee tear? I think I think anytime you see anybody, whether it's on the football field or basketball or anything, anybody hold their knee, everybody in Chicago just either col- uh, collectively gasps and or just you know squints their eyes and cringes and just imagines the worst is happening because that's that's what we've had to deal with over <laughs> over many years. Well, it's funny because was at the I was at the Bears game um, when Go Matt, Matt Forte against Minnesota. Matt Forte went down, and I sw- I have him on one of my fantasy teams, and instantly my heart dropped when I saw him just laying on the field, grabbing his knee. I'm like, oh man, here we go, <laughs> here we go again. Not that you know, you know, not to under over glorify you know D Rose and compare Matt Forte to D Rose, but you know, I I just seen it before. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, one of the best players that the Bears have, Matt Forte, you know, going down is in what you would say is a rebuilding phase. You know, something that they they need uh, a guy like Forte. So it was just it was heart wrenching. And uh, the Duncan Key thing was kind of weird because he didn't even come out of the game the day <laughs> they before. Yeah, they like it was just don't. it was just like a it wasn't even like a headlining news or anything like that. It was just oh by the way. 
Duncan Keith is having uh, surgery, you know, set for I think it was like meniscus. Friday or something like that for 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 a meniscus injury. I'm like, huh? What's What's weird though about like meniscus and even ACL for for a lot of reasons? It's like you you would think that happens to you and you can't walk, you can't. But every, every time that happens, you see the player walk off on their own two feet. Like I never quite understand. It's, it's more so for meniscus. It's more of the agility aspect of the lateral it. Like movement, the jumping lateral movement, cuts that kind of stuff. It, yeah, that's just, why I think that you would if if you know when you do that in basketball or in football, you're done for you know however long. It's probably it's probably it's probably not as. Strenuous. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say painful, but it's probably not as um, I don't know the word I'm looking for as a, like a knee sprain or an ankle sprain or something like that, where where you can't put weight Im- on it. Immediate immediate pain for that one. This is more it's it's for yeah those immediate pain movies. immediate pain and swelling. You know you would get for from a sprain, which you know you see you know basketball players and you know even sometimes uh, football players get you know helped off the court or helped off the field for something like that, um, which. You know, yeah, that's weird for whatever reason. But I think that in hockey, I mean, again, not, but it, but you're you're on skates, and so there's the opportunity to be able to like glide versus having to pound your feet when you're running. Well, no, because may, there's guys like uh, Michael Roosevelt in the playoffs last year. You know, you you knew he was hurt, and he wasn't going to be able to glide away from a fractured ankle. But oh no, well, a fractured ankle even, is so much it's different. Just than weird, it's just misses. weird because it's 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 probably more of the adrenaline. That's going yeah. that that anything because just take a look at it from what was that two summers ago when Paul George had that nasty injury where uh, he broke his leg and it's you know just literally snapped like a and it is, it is and he was everybody he, he was just sense. chilling he was just chilling there on the floor like you know he wasn't like freaking out crying nothing like he wasn't bawling his eyes out or anything like that because it was horrific I mean anybody who saw it the whole team we, we all I mean were, the, the guys on the bench were, were were crying you know for Team USA and Paul George was just sitting there like. All right, am I going in the back now or what? Like, well, part just, of that is part of that is shock. I mean, if you right, snap yeah, that's what I'm saying. Adre- it was like all adrenaline. I'm sure. Well, not not speaking from experience, but I had a time when I was playing soccer and I had I had twisted my ankle right before the game, like going down the steps to the house, twisted my ankles, play the game totally fine. And then after the game, my ankle was like the size of a football. So I get the I get the the reference to adrenaline just because yeah, once you your body's convinced you're doing something, you're going to finish that, and then. Yeah. You know, realize, realize, you know, most of the injury happens after you stop. Yeah. Well, versus that's, if you keep going. That's why you're supposed to not, you know, to un, you know, unlace your shoes if you're going to be done in basketball. If you, if you roll your ankle, you leave them laced up and you try and play through it. And once you unlace them, you're done because right. it's swelling and blood goes to that and you're finished. So, but do you think like, like on the, on the ACL, MCL tears of, of the, you think basketball is the, like the the worst sport for that to happen, and only because, like especially to a superstar, like you know, c- comparing like Derrick Rose to Duncan Keith, where Duncan Keith is is a top, he's a, you know a top, he could be the top well, player on the team or a top three. Last, Certainly, last most time important. they gave an award out, he was the top, on the top, so for a defenseman. So yeah, no, but I'm saying like you know, comparing Duncan Keith, who's you know arguably one of the best players on the Blackhawks, versus the Bulls, you know, Derrick Rose being the best player at that time. Do you think it's a bigger deal to to lose a guy like Derrick Rose? Well, versus losing a guy like Duncan Keith, because even though he's good, he's not like a main. You know, there's there's how many guys on the ice, and he's a part of a chain of, well, of, of players. Yeah, if you're if you're talking about then, yeah, it was a terrible lose Derrick Rose because he was no, the only person that scored. Yeah, but no, I'm not saying I'm not in, saying in that I'm not saying like at, at the exact moment. What I'm saying is just like as a team, you know, because can you can you recover from an injury of Duncan Keith's caliber in hockey more than you could of Derrick Rose's caliber in basketball? Because you you, you could see this in. The Blackhawks play that they couldn't. They couldn't make up for the deficiencies that Duncan Keith left in the lineup 
um, when he wasn't out there, you know, and, and granted it was only 28 days, which is a hell of a lot better than, you know, what, what the Bulls, you know, went through with, with the Rose, but, um, it's just, you know, they, 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 they miss, it's not just his ability to be an elite level defender. It's his ability to be able to gather the puck in the defensive zone and be able to get it out of the defensive zone into transition into offense, which is what the Blackhawks were missing because they, they couldn't, you know, what, what has, what has been the Blackhawks biggest, um, biggest, one of their biggest assets, you know, in their, in their, in their three cup runs, you know, in the last uh, five, six years, what has been one of their biggest assets is speed. And Duncan Keith is probably one of the fastest defenders out there. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand what, what exactly he does besides just being a defenseman. You know, he, he is that guy to get the offense going, get the puck to King, get the puck to Taves, you know, get the puck to Hosa, um, and get it up the ice and, and, and into offensive zone where they could, you know, put the puck in the back of the net. So um, it was a huge, it was a huge blow for them because you, we saw it the other night against New Jersey. I mean, they just looked slow. And even when Crawford was standing on his head, you know, keeping the Blackhawks in the game, it just wasn't enough because they didn't have, you know, they didn't have that guy on the blue line trying to, you know, yeah, Brent Seabrook is 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 a pretty good offensive-minded uh, defensive player, but um, Duncan Keith is just, he's just that good. I mean, he's just that good where not only is he a threat on defense, he's a threat on offense, and, you know, he just, he might not be scoring goals, but he's he's definitely making plays for for the team to put him in a position to put the puck in the puck in the back of the net. So. You think the other part of though is is how you know important he is to the team is the fact that how many minutes he logs in a game and how much that alleviates other guys from. Cause I mean, he's an elite level defender and he can play that many minutes in a game or just. I mean, if you have a thin uh, you know defensive line that you, you know you can you can make up for a lot of deficiencies based on the fact that you have a an elite level player playing almost half a game, if not more sometimes. Well, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the Michael Jordan effect, you know, type thing where is it brings everybody, you know, a superstar effect. It brings everybody's play up when he's there, when he's not there, it's like, okay, you know, you have no standard of excellence and it's not that there's no standard of excellence on the Blackhawks because there's plenty of it, but on the defensive side, um, you know, it's just, there, you there's somebody there, setting the bar for everybody else. There's, there was something missing, and you could just you could just tell it. Um, and for 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 all of sorry for all of um, for all of their their struggles early on, you know, not being able to put the puck in the back of the net and score points. Um, I think you know, with having Rose, Michael Roosevelt come back today as well as Duncan Keith, you know, it's definitely going to be a huge upgrade uh, on the defensive side and just for for team morale as well. Because it's, you know, like Carmen said, it's a, it's a guy that's logging a lot of minutes. You know, he's a guy that they lean on a lot for for, for a lot of big plays and key stops and, you know, key, uh, key transition moves. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how now if the team could stay healthy, how they could actually gel together and how Quenville could, you know, could, f- could find the right, you know, uh, the right formula for, for, for lines, you know, the, the, the top lines um, to get more production out of them because... I think as of right now, only the second line is really producing. So, you know, and and there's been a a lot of bright spots for the Blackhawks too, aside from the typical, you know, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, um, Brent Seabrook, um, uh, Panarin and Anamisov are, are both, I think playing very, very well. And, you know, it was a, 
it wasn't um and, and Marco Dano was was brought up too as well and he hasn't had as much time as as Panarin and Anamisov but you know he's he he's looks like he's going to be sticking around so you know it's going to be um it's going to be good to see how this team gels together and I know it's going to take time because they had a lot of moving pieces in the off season especially after a cup run so you know f- for them to bring be able to bring everything together and um you know it's going to be exciting to see because you know it takes time it, especially when you have that many guys moving around and Quenville sh- you know shuffling lines as he does you know to 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 find the right formula for success just to tell you just to kind of give you a comparison of how dominant line 2 is with Kane and uh Panarin and, and how do you pronounce the second guy? I can't remember say it Anamisov those three That's guys, probably even wrong though. <laughs> yeah, I I I would have completely butchered it, but uh basically those guys in the, how many I don't not sure how many games they've played so far, but in in the games played so far they've got 49 points and all of their Blackhawks forwards have combined for 29. That line by itself is forty nine, but the whole rest of the team is twenty nine. That's pretty. That's that's pretty good. Well, and one of the uh, one of those uh, spots on on that is is the fact that Patrick Kane is um, is back. Not not back. He's been back, but is back and and can have a clear head now. Um, Hawks have played sixteen games, by the way. There you go. Um, and so and, and now that Patrick Kane is completely acquitted of of all the allegations that he had um, before with the the lawsuit that was coming from the um, from the young lady up in Buffalo. Uh, well, it might not just be a civil suit, which is let, you know not a grand jury or anything. That's so. just money. At that yeah, point. that's just money. Yeah, there's nothing to do with, other and, than money. And you know, again, speaking from only things we've heard, it seems that that's what she wanted because when the you know, as me and me and Carmen were arguing earlier today, that if you're uh, if it does not fit, you cannot acquit. <laughs> no, no, we were we were we were arguing about if you if you're not uh, if you're innocent, you wouldn't. You wouldn't just take a, a plea, or you wouldn't, um, you would fight for that. Yeah, and good, and for, you so, know, good for Patrick Kane for yeah. for standing up for himself and yep. not letting, you know, his name being dragged through the can, mud. Can the can the Patrick Kane no counter sue at that point? Because I, mean, uh, he, I, th- I believe so. Yeah, yeah he should. I mean, he really should because I mean, everybody. I mean, even a little bit of us, you know, for a little bit, we were included in that. Where it's like, you know, you kind of with with Pat, Patrick Kane and his his check, quote unquote checkered past of you know previous incidents. You know, you kind of. Lose a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Yeah, when just it comes kind of to like a, a party boy mentality type thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, but like only, I think the only checkered pass is really when he punched that cab driver. Other than that, yeah, and, and, really and party boy. But, but and if but, he was an Uber driver, might have yeah. deserved it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but my only point is, is you know, like he, you know, he, he, I think he's done a really good job in trying to change the people's persona of him and and how he you know handles himself. And I think it shows on and off the ice where you know now that kind of brought him back. To where he started, and, and you know, because at a certain point, I mean, I read an article a couple of weeks ago where you know the Blackhawks before they started winning Stanley Cups, and you know, I think it was King, I think was in the in the his career was maybe three years old or something like that, but he they were talking about getting rid of him because they didn't think you know he's one of those guys that just a ton of talent but could never put it together because he never committed himself to it and had all these other extracurricular activities going on where he was never going to be able to live up to its full potential where. I think he's done a hell of a job, you know, coming full circle with that and, and I think living up to his full well, potential. And hopefully now from this, I mean, a lot of people, sometimes it takes that really big kind of kick in the butt moment to where you say, okay, yep, this is real life. This is, this could happen. This, this could have been so much worse. Well, and the, so well, a lot of the, like, you know, many details and small reports, you know, during this whole, the trial, you know, and all that, and the, the accusations uh, about Patrick Kane, was that like his buddies or like his entourage or whatever would like 
smash people's phones, you know, take people's phones and just whip them against the ground, you know, check people's IDs who was, you know, who were partying with Kane. So, you know, it was just kind of weird that if they were doing yeah, that, you know, that sma- this smash, smashing phones, like that's wrong. That's not cool. But checking people's IDs, like you have to do that because I mean, yeah, you're, you co- you're, you're, you're covering, you're covering an you, asset right there at that you point. You don't know. I mean, if you live in today's world, well, anybody if, goes outside and look, you can't tell sometimes if a girl is 15 years old or if they're 32. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And so, um, you know, part of that is, is, uh, if, if, if he's at a bar and this is kind of sad, but if he's at a bar, you would think that that would be on the, the bar. Um, that if, you know, he was at a bar that had, was 21 or older and there would have been somebody that came in and he were to get in trouble for that. That that would be under that would fall under the bar, not under him, because you would assume everybody in that bar is twenty one, which I think was one of the questions at the very beginning of this was her age, correct? How old she was? I don't remember. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I, I can't know there remember. Was there was so many. I thought there it was, was so many reports. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Should but I, the great yeah. the great part about it is that, that I think is, she was under twenty one. I know she was you know obviously under the age of whatever legal drinking age. Well, yeah, that's in the, all of the U.S., but I'm saying, um, I don't know what you're saying. No, sex in you know underage sex. I don't know. It's a, no, it's different 18. in every state. It's it's, it's, it's 17 it's, in Illinois. So, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I don't know those. Anyways, but and, and the great thing about it is that Patrick Kane is acquitted. He's he's acquitted of all charges of that, and he doesn't have to have like you said his name drugged through the mud anymore. And he can go here on out, kind of you know starting to make that reputation. If you're gonna start, if you're gonna start filing for a uh, hockey players are tough file in your your local file cabinet, here's a here's a, a quote from somebody. Uh, sometimes that had um, they had interviewed Duncan Keith during his injury, and he, he and he Duncan Keith says as quoted, he goes, "It's just one of those things you where you kind of deal with a lot of different little injuries and pains, and you don't think too much of them, really." Keith said, and he goes, "When all of a sudden you get back on the ice and it's not better, then you're kind of wondering what the heck happened." Based on based on the fact he's saying is he injured that he he he, he tore his MCL he was during like, the playoffs eh, last right. year one one con Smythe then came back had all offseason came back realized it's it's really torn and then goes out how crazy. I mean, how crazy is that that's we've we've talked before I mean you have the you have people that you know take pucks to their face and whatnot and they come back in all the hockey players yeah they don't even miss teeth. a shift yep or um, the guy that had a was it a stroke this is like a year or two ago from the Dallas Stars. He had a yeah. He had a stroke or whatever it was, and then and wanted to go back. Wanted out. to go back out, and they were like, "No, you're going to the hospital." I mean, hockey players are just we talked about before. It's a different, just a different breed. breed. They're yeah. just it's crazy. You know, you you look at NFL players and you think that they're tough, and then you realize how just which they are. I mean, they're no, they're no, up no. there in the level of but I'm saying toughness. but I'm saying the NHL players are a step above that. I mean, they may not be as big and yeah, as crazy and agreed. You know, not I I would say physically most NFL players are tough. I wouldn't say all of them. Yeah, we've you look we've, at. This is a perfect example. What's, Deion Sanders. I mean, the guy's kind of like a... He's probably stronger than all of us, but... Put together. He's kind of a... Pans. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, rank, the, let's rank the other... Because we all, we, we all agree that, that hockey is by far has the biggest tough guys. Football what sports number. are we going with? No, we're going to go... All, all, we're like, going to go above, rank up from... We're going to start at the top. We're going to go with soccer. Well, I was, no, just, that's a joke. That's a joke. I, well, well, here's the deal. Because Listen, if you, if you, here's here's the thing. If I mean, because there's different levels of toughness. Like the fact that soccer players have to run that long, that much. Yeah, but then they get takes, coughed on. And no, I know. But then, yeah, then you have. You yeah, know, but that's, 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 that's all strategy. That, that's all strategy, though. Yeah, yeah. Still, but they look there. like. Yeah, they look like. But I mean, they look like sadly. I, I guess who's the, who's the 
bigger salary. And if you're talking four major sports of hockey, football, baseball, basketball, baseball is definitely top. You think baseball non, or basketball? Non toughest. You think baseball or basketball? Basketball, I think baseball, basketball is? only is for a, a certain few guys. LeBron being probably at the top <laughs> when he, he had to be carted off the court by his players. And yeah, then, but you, don't you think that baseball is the way that it is because of the fact that there's so many games and there's so like you don't get any days off that it, you know. Hey, wait, listen. If you gave me the option, hey, you are going to play 163 straight baseball games every day. You're going to get paid 30 million dollars for that. I'm in. Are you going to cry about it and need a day off and going to cry that you're hurt? No, yep. you're going to go out there and play. Most, I don't get a day well, off and I work five days a week. Most and exactly. I make what I but make. most guys don't make thirty million though. I mean, they're okay. but baseball contracts out of 000. baseball contracts out of all of the four major sports are, are the, the worst. No, I disagree. I think basketball is the worst. Well, basketball, there's a lot of there's a lot dumb of dumb players that yeah, are paid there's, a, there's lot a lot of money of, for, yeah, you're for you're nothing. You get paid for one year and you get a max contract. I'm, I'm pretty sure Gilbert Arenas is probably still the top paid player in the NBA, but. But yeah, baseball for, I mean, you look at, you know, you look at even like we were saying, Kyle Hendricks, he's making like 10 million bucks a year, nine or 10 million bucks a year. And nobody's even heard of him outside of the playoffs, you know, the Cubs playoff run and, and, and what they've done. Chicago. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy. If you're talking, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a way to like say it's like, in, in, in not like who would you fight because that's, that's stupid. But like, if you got put up against something and you were like, all right. This is like a toughness test. Like, who would be the first? It'd be baseball players. You'd be like, oh no, I, I might be able to take a baseball player and something like that. I See, may be if, able to. If, if, if we're choosing to be locked in a room to a cage match with one of the sports, I'm taking basketball. You're no, yes. There's no way. Do you, have, you, have you ever seen Shaq fight? Can I? Can I? Can you? Have you ever we, seen any NBA fight? You, There's never you, a punchline. Would you ever. be? Would you be able to do anything against Shaq? No. It would be punching a brick wall until he's flat. I'm not saying I'm be locked in a cage with Here, Shaq. Here's I'm my thing, though. As an example. Listen, the, the, Miller can't punch. I'm giving you, can't punch. Nobody right, can punch. I'm giving you a great example. Is a good majority, not all, and I don't want to try and throw a, <laughs> did a you not see? Did you not see Jeff Samarjo get into a brawl? What are we talking about right now? <laughs> if you look at basketball, and you think a majority, not all, because I don't want to blanket it, but a majority of those are... Carmen's a, defense, a, a fan almost beat up Ron Artest. A, a chunk of those... Come from very varied backgrounds. Backgrounds where that may be what you grew up doing was fist fighting. Unless you're talking about somebody that came from Cuba or Haiti and had to, you know, swim across alligator infested waters or whatever. No, they just had to hand roll cigars for like 12 hours a day. But if you're, unless you're talking about that, most baseball players grow up in pitching circles and hitting clubs and whatever it is being, I don't want to say baby, but kind of babied when it comes to that kind of stuff. A lot of, uh, there are some basketball players. I would say a more majority of basketball players than baseball players grew up where you would not want to go and not want to have to deal with them one-on-one. That's all I'm saying. I would rather take a baseball player. I would rather, if I had to So you could beat up Mike Trout. I would, I would rather take, I would rather try and, you honestly, you want to, I'd rather fight Mike Trout than like Michael Beasley. I just thought about that in the top of my head. I'd rather fight Mike Trout than Mike Beasley. I would. Michael Beasley would kick the. Well, you're, I've seen no a lot. I've back. seen a lot of fights in the NBA, and I've never seen one punch landed. Ask Rob Ventura about Nolan Ryan. All I gotta say. I understand that. There's blood in in baseball brawls. There's I, not. There's never a punch landed in basketball brawls. All I'm saying. But I'm. But I'm just saying that they slap. Those peop- <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you can look at history of, of basketball brawls. It's it, anyways. This is this is probably one of the dumbest conversations we've ever had on air. I mean, we have a, a bunch of dumb conversations, but this they never really make it onto a podcast, and this is definitely one of them. 
Anyways, the Blackhawks need time to gel. Give them time. Not hitting the panic button. Everything is going to be okay. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I also think... They played pretty bad. And they're still... If the play if the playoffs started today, they'd still be in the playoffs. So, am I worried? No. Yeah, no. I'm not saying. I, I think the Blackhawks too also understand the ultimate goal, and they all know those, they all know how to win. Yeah, Everybody from one of those top teams to bottom. That it doesn't matter to the eight the seed or the two seed. The new additions when they put on an Indian head sweater, they know how to win. Why? Because everybody else around them knows how to do it. So they're going to be fine. And on to the next thing. Well, no, I mean, I I, I agree with you, and I think that. Having everybody, like you said, now everybody back that's that's here, you have the opportunity to take a week or two, three, four, and really start to figure out how those progressions and, and how um, how those lines all work together. And, and you give Quenville some time to, to play with that and make it work so that you can make a playoff run. I mean, that's what you got to be ready for, right, is the playoffs. Yeah, and a lot. it's not like it's like major line reconstruction. It's, you know, it's, it's substituting one guy for another, you know, on various... Different lines, so yeah. Well, if you want to uh, hear anything more about uh, f- uh, about us when we get to talk about Blackhawks, make sure to check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Scrap City Sports, or you can see all the stuff that we get to do. Um, see how uh, all of Carmen's pictures and see how Josh's fight with Michael Beasley goes. Yeah, right. Um, check that. Check us out on uh, online at uh, scrapcitysports.com. But we get to do something that I like to do to Carmen right now, um, which we get to do to uh, anybody in sports. It is uh, kick in the head. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those guys were fastest lightning. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? Damn, I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. So kicking the head is an opportunity for us to take somebody in sports that we think made a boneheaded move. Um, and kick them in the head uh, here on our show. Um, I'm going to go first uh, because I know both of theirs are kind of related, um, I think. Uh, my kick in the head is going to go out to, and everybody's going to keep making fun of me because I bring it up Iowa, but it's going to go out to Iowa's head coach, Kirk Ferentz. Um, I'm going to kick him in the head. Uh, over the over the week, um, Iowa's ranked fifth in the nation, Iowa football, and Colin Cowherd uh, went on his show and talked about Iowa's uh, non-conference games um, and their scheduling and how that's poor and how it's always been poor and how Iowa being in a major conference needs to start scheduling better. Um, Kirk Ferentz replied to him and and got into it kind of with him um, in his interview and said some guy went on his radio and I guess needed something to talk about um, and kind of took the bait that Colin Coward had out there. Um, and Kirk Ferentz is known for that. Kirk Ferentz is known for being a very um, quiet, down-to-earth, almost like a Thibodeau kind of a guy where just... Uh, says what's needed to be said and gets what needs to be getting done and that's it. And so for him to go out and just kind of take that bait and uh, I don't want to say run his mouth, but that I just it's against kind of what he's kind of stood for with Iowa football with the whole any of that kind of stuff. So Kirk Ferentz, I love you. Good job with the Hawkeyes this year, but I'm going to kick you in the head for not shutting your face. All right. So I'll go, I'll go next. I'll go next. I'll let you go. You can finish it off. But uh, I'm just going to kick the New York Jets in the head for their last their Thursday night performance against the Buffalo Bills, and the reason why I'm doing that is because I was talk, a friend of mine was talking about how he is in a confidence pool and he took Buffalo 
for nine or ten points, and I was ragging on him, basically saying, you know, why would you take Buffalo with a nine or a ten point in a confidence pool, considering it's a, basically a coin flip game? And you know, I said it was a, basically just said it was a terrible decision, and he obviously won the game because of the fact that. I so think the who's Jets, who's the, the kick in the head going to you? No, the Jets because they had that game. Like they 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 blew it in the beginning, and then they they, they never they, had that game. They just let it. They, no, they had that game. I, I, no, I they just kept on. No, they had the momentum. Lengthen it out and length. They had the momentum. I mean, that one play where they go for it on fourth and down twice. Yeah, twice. Under, and then that one, like they goal. threw that ball, and the guy like didn't even see the ball coming. I mean, but it's like it's not like they ever. But the my point is, they never really had the game. No, they no, were no. always losing. No, yeah, yeah. They, but they yeah, had a chance correct. to come back and either tie the game or possibly make win it a little bit more interesting. And it was they failed. I, I hear you, and my biggest punt, my biggest kick in the head from that game was besides uh, besides the uh, what's that? Oh, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Besides uh, besides a poor play from the Jets and the the bonehead uh, coaching play calling um, from the Jets and Todd Bowles comes Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, you get my big old kick in the head. Why? Because for some ungodly reason, if uh, if you know anybody with a beard, they do not like it when you grab, tug, and rub on it. I'm rubbing Christopher's beard right so now. So Brandon Marshall, during during when they were on the side when they were on the sidelines, you know, decides to go out and and tug on Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick's amazingly yeah that beard is awesome, amazingly great beard that he has. And he just it, it, it never looks like it's any shorter, any longer. It's just always perfectly like a beard, like his beard. So anyways, but my point is, Brandon Marshall, what do you do when touching another man's beard? That's weird. Don't do it. You, you get a big old kick in the head. And you can kind of see if you watch the replay of it. Brian Fitzpatrick looks he looks like, like he's in pain. You, yeah, yeah, it's like it would be like pulling somebody's hair. Like, why would you go and do that on the top of their head? It's well, just, if you pull it. That's weird. But if you like pet it and like caress it, well, he, that's he, even more he weird. He tugged on it first and then he kind of like tickled it a little bit. Yeah, it was. Brandon Marshall was But then weird he went out things. and scored a touchdown. So I, I, maybe it worked. I don't know. The power of the beard. But don't, right? don't ever do it again, yeah. please. That was weird, though. Yeah. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall says weird things, too. Um, so we, but we, uh, so going from, going from that and uh, football, um, the Bears, tomorrow they play the St. Louis Rams. And, and I think that's going to be a good game. That's just me. I Apparently, I, nobody else thinks it's going to be a good game except for maybe you and I. Because if you look at the point spread, it's like eight and a half. Yeah, I saw it. St. Louis is favored by eight and a half. And, 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 they don't have anything but Todd Gurley. Yes. And, um, no, the, St. Louis' defense is, their pretty, defense is on, pretty good. On the offensive side, I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, okay. They have Todd Gurley, and that's about it. In our little pool, though, that we have, we every week we pick you know against the spread for you know for a beer bet. And... Uh, who did you guys take? Did you guys take, take the points in the how, Bears? How yeah. could you not take the points? The Bears, yeah. this is an actual winnable game. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I think the Bears could win this game outright, let alone getting, what were they getting, yeah, eight and a half? Eight and a half. It was, it was earlier crazy, in the week, eight and a half. I haven't checked it since, but. for Yeah, for, for the St. Louis Rams, that's a crazy, I mean, if you're the New England Patriots, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You're, and you, you know, know what? I was very high on the St. Louis Rams at the beginning of the year, but their offense has been terrible. Well, and you didn't know what Nick Foles was going to do and just. I don't know. I don't know what the. I mean, they, I mean, they, you you probably maybe can name one wide receiver on St. Tavon Louis. Austin. Exactly, and that's yep. about it. Brian Quick. Okay, but none of those guys are ever making 
you know, ESPN Tavon, highlights. Tavon Austin's only ESPN highlights are when he does a, kick, a punt return. That's it. Yeah, or some kind of little. Well, I mean, somebody's got to score a touchdown. So yeah. I mean, eventually somebody's got to score a touchdown. He just happens well, to be that I mean, guy. Todd, but Todd Gurley has Todd come Gurley's on onto the scene like a gangbuster. Oh. They had he, said that he is the best running back since, who was it? I mean, they made, it made there was some very high praise for Todd Gurley and everything I've seen. They were from comparing him. him to Herschel Walker. Is that what it was? I yeah, was I mean, he, they said he was the best running back since the early '90s to come out of college, like right away. And I mean, he looks every bit of it. I mean, he looks but amazing. I mean, if, if and I you, took Melvin if, Gordon. Well, you had a shot at him. I don't know if I had a shot at him or if, oh. if I think he might have went two before, and I took Melvin Gordon. Afterwards. Go upstairs and get the draft board so we can make fun of you. <laughs> right? You can do it afterwards. If I didn't take him, you can just kick me in the head next podcast over and over and over. No, but the, the crazy thing is that you know us three Jamokes here are regular dudes, right? And we know that St. Louis Rams have no offense but Todd Gurley, so. The teams that play St. Louis obviously probably know a little bit more than we do, and they know that they only have Todd Gurley, and he still runs for 150 yards on him. I'm just wondering. Here's here's my thing, and and we're talking about the spread real quick, and and just to go on a soup a little bit of direction. How has Vegas not bet that down to nothing? I mean, you would think that if you said St. Louis eight and a half, that is it because Alshon might not be playing. Alshon's a game time decision. He needs to. I need him. I know, but but <laughs> Alshon's, Alshon's a game time decision. I guess you don't have Matt Forte. I mean, is that is that part of what it is? The defense really isn't there for. Hey, the you Bears? know, we we talked about this in the last podcast. We weren't sure um, if letting Matt Forte go was the right choice next year because we didn't know what Jeremy Langford had. He showed something. Yep. On uh, on Monday night against San Diego. Granted, San Diego's defense is terrible, but yeah, worst run defense in the league. But he uh, he 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 looked pretty good. I mean, he was he was pass catching. Uh, he was running the ball. You know, he did what they asked him to do. He and, picked up some blitzes. Yeah, he 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 was he was pretty good. He looked. I mean, he, unfortunately for Matt Forte, he looked a lot like Matt Forte. I mean, he was able to catch the ball, Younger, run the ball, cheaper. Yeah. same body type, same build, same skill. Basically, it's just yeah. I, I, I feel bad for Matt Forte because he's been a very good player for the Bears. Very productive, and you know I think for his a long time, time. I think his time is coming to the end just because of you know he sees it on the wall with Jeremy Langford. The regime change. Yeah, I just I mean, granted, you don't business standpoint, you don't you don't pay a running back that's you, you know, don't 30, pay a thirty year running back thirty year old no. running back because yeah you're not going to get your money out of him. But you know it's just it's just sad to see because if anyone deserves unless you're a contract, Minnesota, yeah, is Adrian Peterson the last running back that's going to get paid like that? I think so. I don't think. Well, I mean, Demarco Murray kind of got paid. I mean, what it was obviously a lot more than normal people, but he. I think he got in the forties, right? Yeah, he but I mean, in, in football, it's all about the guaranteed. So yeah. I mean, you could, I don't know what it's like. Albert Haynesworth like. back in the day when he scored when he scored that you know monster payday of hundred and twenty something million. I think he was only guaranteed like twenty million of it. So I mean, it doesn't. You can you can give him two hundred fifty million. million to stomp on somebody's head. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, it's Albert all, Hainsworth is such in a football. Waste of it's like of all sports, you don't get guaranteed contracts, and all the money is in the guaranteed money, which is usually signing bonus. So, yeah, well, it's just the NFL is so wishy washy with their contracts. Anyways, it's like yeah. you know, you can cut somebody granted, one day and be like, granted, yeah. you know, it's a lot better than say basketball because, like I jokingly earlier said about Gilbert Arenas. Baseball. I think up until like a year ago, Gilbert Arenas, even though he's been out of the NBA for like four years, was still getting paid because it's because they're all guaranteed contracts. The NFL is not, of course, and that's why those big headliners when you know big contracts come out that you know it's 120 million for whatever defensive lineman, but it's only 40 million guaranteed. So the team is only on the hook really for 40 million unless he obviously lives up to the worth of his contract. Then they're going to pay him the entire, you know, the entire. 
amount of it. Were we having that conversation? We had that conversation on this podcast about who who has the worst contracts in sports, right? And I said basketball. You said baseball. I, I think you just asked that, like yeah, a half like, hour ago. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but here's a but no, but here's a here's a thing to reaffirm Christopher's. You know, because I said basketball was the worst because of you know Gilbert Arenas and other other guys have um, had signed these crazy deals. Where it's all guaranteed. We're in baseball. I mean, have you guys ever heard of the Bobby Bonilla contract? Oh yeah, he's still getting paid. Yeah, he gets paid like he gets paid one point nine. He gets paid one point one nine million dollars from the Mets until the year like two thousand two thousand twenty one or something like that. And he's been retired. He's been retired since uh, two thousand one. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. Nah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. But I mean, it's 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 an unfortunate side of the NFL because you know it's. It's players like Matt Forte who have been really good for a really long time that are wanna just gonna get kind of for the most part probably tossed to the curb. He's gonna be if he if he's playing next year, which I would be a little bit surprised by, he's gonna be somebody's backup. Or he's gonna be in some kind of running back by committee in a in a in a second or, or third slot option. Well most of the time I mean you, you look at anything but a you know, Adrian Peterson, um, you know, Arian Foster when he's healthy, unless you have an elite running back. Wait, did That's, you just throw Arian Foster in with Adrian Peterson? No, no, but I'm saying when Adrian Arian Foster is healthy, when that happens, that's 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 the only time you don't have a running back by committee. Most times, I mean, Le'Veon Bell. Most times, you have a running back by committee now. I mean, that's just what yeah, generally NFL speaking, is kind of yeah, starting it, to go to. I mean, Gurley's going to be a you know a, a a difference. He's going to be different and not have to have that committee part. But well, you know what? I was thinking the same thing, but it's not as much as you think. A lot of teams, I mean, how many teams besides like maybe uh, Denver, San Diego, those are the only really two teams that could... That do that? Yeah, I mean... I mean... Uh, well, Green Bay, before Eddie Lacy sucked, they were a, a one a one uh, running back. Detroit. Well, Detroit, they never really had a good running back. No, though. no, but Detroit... They never had... A, they never even had a Eddie Lacy. They, you know, they... Joyke Bell and, and they drafted Amir Abdullah, who's kind of been and, a bust so far. And then Riddick. Is is now there? He's pass catching, but a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, they they like even when I was at the, which I never knew, but Adrian Peterson, he's only a one and two uh, down back. Yeah, he comes out for third down. I didn't know that, and and they put a pass catching, you know, uh, weapon in there, which I don't know who it is on Minnesota because I never, I didn't, wasn't really paying attention, but I couldn't believe Cincinnati. Giovanni Bernard and Hill. Yeah, but it's not as many as you think. Like you know, we thought no, this no, big know. wave it's, was coming on, yeah. and it's it's not it's not as it's not as big of a group because you know you would think of guys like even you know even um, Pete Carroll. You know, you would think that okay, they they got a uh, they got Fred Jackson. They had Thomas Rawls and Marshawn Lynch. You know, you thought they would have kind of mixed it up a little, but Marshawn Lynch is still a top yeah. dog there. No, he's just taking. And you know, they were with the whole contract dispute and everything. That's an easy way to phase. A player out, you know, by not extending their contract, not giving them the the long term st- stability they need, like a s- uh, similar situation to what Matt Forte is in. But you know, it just it, it, it's it's not as it's not a it's not as greatly it's not as common as you thought it was going to be. Right. It's almost like the Wildcat. Like everybody's like, oh, everybody's going to Wildcat if you, now. If you had a Todd Gurley on your team, you're you're not going to Todd Gurley and Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I understand. Um, it, <laughs> you know, so they're they're not sharing the ball. Another great, another great surprise of, and we've said this this year, but another great surprise, and, and why I think that I don't understand this is Jay Cutler's playing really well. Jay Cutler's taking care of the ball. I, I mean, have I have been a big hater of Jay Cutler, but I cannot really not, me. not really yet. Yeah, Josh, I will give you credit. You've whoop, whoop. you've 
you've stuck by Cutler. I have been a big hater of Jay Cutler for quite a long time, and um, he's proven something this year. I mean, he has cut down. Granted, he still had a pick six. He still had fum- still has fumbles, but the other plays, you know, he's just got one of those. You know, mm-hmm. the other plays, you know, when he's out there, he looks like he's calm, relaxed. He's not just chucking the ball down the field like he was, you know, uh, a year or two ago. So um, he ha- has made some progress, whether that's just Adam Gase, you know, um, peeling back the playbook a little bit and just only giving him a little bit. Um, that's, you know, we don't know that. I want to give you my bold thought on this. I, I think part of it was you had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffries both there. And that's what he could do. He could just chuck the ball down and say, yeah, but neither, go get it, please. Neither of them are real, real deep threats. No, no, like, no I know, Jeffrey's but I'm saying, not a deep but that's what he could do. Now he didn't have Jeffrey for a while, for the first part of the, the season. Doesn't have Brandon Marshall. Now what does he have to do? He has to try and pick a part of defense. He has to try and play smart, smart football because you don't have the ability. You don't have your, uh, you know, Kevin White coming in to, to be able to take tops off defense. And so therefore you have to be able to play that way because you don't have the opportunity to do anything else. I mean, the only other pass target you had up until Jeffrey came back was Martellus Bennett. I mean, that was your only legitimate pass uh, pass option. And so now that you now that he's done that, now you get Jeffrey back. Now you can try and force him a little bit more. But that's against what he's hopefully figured out the first part of this season. And it seems to be working out. I mean, they should their record their record looks worse than what they actually are. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if you like, like we've mentioned, you know. It, Previous previously is you know the it doesn't pass the eye test and I mean even though the Bears record doesn't indicate that they're a good team I think they're a, they could have easily won another two of those games at least two of those games I think they're a so, sol- I think they're a solid team are they a playoff team like we thought in the beginning of the season probably not but you know I think they're a solid team they're a lot more they're a lot better to watch their defense even though it has very very little talent is is playing is, pretty is well playing pretty well I mean they're they're getting the most out of the guys they have. They're maximizing the talent that they have because they don't have Patrick Peterson. They don't have a Donovan Sue. They don't have any of these guys. They're coaching the guy that they have, and they're playing really well. And hats off to the, you know, hats hats off to the Fox regime for you know for being able to pull this all together. Because I mean, I think you know before Adam Gase came in, I mean Cutler had all the talent. He had all that. Where now it seems like he's starting to put it together. Where he's just making better decisions, and that's really what's boiled. I mean, down, what? down to the arm's still there. Last year, last year, people were, I mean, any of you guys would have given Jay Cutler a ride to the airport and been like, see you later. I'll Peace. take a day off of work. Get out of here. Kind of a deal. Yeah. And I, I think now, I mean, think about this. He's got, what, th- two years left in his contract? I think they, I mean, if you're you asking. You may keep him. I, I think you do. I mean, just only for the fact of like, you know, I was never, I was never a Jay Cutler fan, nor was I a hater. I was kind of always in the middle, like, you know, knowing, you know, being a lifelong Bears fan, knowing the desperate really how bad they needed a decent quarterback and Jay Cutler like him or hate him was the best quarterback for at least my lifetime. So knowing, you know, what's well, available number one on the bears all time touchdown passing. Yeah. Guy. Kyle Orton. No, Sid Luckman, Sexy Rexy? Sid, Sid, Sid Luckman owned all those records. I mean, he played in the what, 40s, <laughs> no, 20s. No, I wasn't talking about that. I was just saying you said best quarterback since. Yeah. I mean, I'm just naming but, off but you know what I'm saying? No, I mean, yeah, the, the, the contract was Joshy probably Poon. dumb, but I think more of the, of the Jay Cutler contract for me, that bothered me the most was the timing of it where they had another year to let him play to let things, they probably could have got him at a cheaper rate, letting him play last year under the, yeah. you know, where, where now, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's as the problem is, is if you let Jay Cutler go, who are you going to replace him with? Jay Cutler's a serviceable quarterback, at least under Adam Gase. I mean, if Adam Gase leaves, then we may go back to getting rid of him tomorrow. But 
right well, now, I, mean, I don't he's, think he's. I don't, think, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if John Fox. I don't know if John Fox would let that happen. To be honest, I don't think that's an if though. So wait, I don't think go or no, no. I don't think. I don't think it would. I don't think it would revert. I don't think he would let them revert back because. You got to think that John Fox probably has a lot of writing on this because if this Chicago Bears thing doesn't work out, you know, if he doesn't get them to the playoffs at least, he's probably done in the NFL. So, you know, it's it's it, he's got a lot of writing on this too. So I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna do I don't I think he's gonna do whatever it takes to keep Cutler playing winning football. So so if when Carmen when you said. It's not a or if it happens, I don't think it's an if. I think it's a win. I mean, Gase is going. I mean, you have head coaching jobs. That are yeah, just but you know what? I, I don't understand what this big like what this big infatuation with 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 Gase is because what are you talking about? I mean, how do you figure? I mean, just just He's look one at of the best offensive coordinators. I mean, look what he did a couple. You know, the just last look at Cutler. I mean, and now and yeah, but I mean, Denver, look, look at Cutler. But it's not like he's setting Drew Brees marks with throwing seven touchdowns a game. He was going from a from from twenty something interceptions last year to throwing seven intercept uh, seven touchdowns in a game. I mean, he's 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 an offensive coordinator on a team that's what three and six. Uh, is that what they are? Two yeah, and, but here's two the deal. Five? What are they? It's what are the Bears? Three and six, three and right? Six, yeah. But here's the deal: is yeah, Cutler's playing better, but our, this offense is—it's not a juggernaut. It's not the New England uh, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Yeah, but this is—I mean, where are you going to get it? You need a new head coach. Where are you going to get it? That is your best pick. Is going to be—is Gase is going to be right up there with the names? And yeah, it's not but because of just this year, people have have looked and have said that and have said that. And this is yeah, kind but of why, why hasn't why hasn't he gotten a job up until now? I mean, he had he had Peyton Manning. And and you know yeah, look look what those offenses were doing you know he was setting Peyton Manning was setting records at the age of like fifty five or whatever whatever he was last year. <laughs> I just I, I think that for Adam Gase's concern I think everybody when he was in Denver just said oh it's Peyton Manning running the offense which I thought it was I mean Peyton Manning was audible in every single play he was calling them from the line I mean Adam Gase really didn't really have much to do with that offense in Denver where I think I'm this, sure he did it's just this more time that we I mean you're, know about, you're looking at you're, you're taking Jay Cutler. And looking at the previous what two, four, six, eight, say twelve seasons he's been in the NFL, and seeing what he, he had all the potential but never was able to put it together. Where this time he doesn't have eye popping stats, but he's playing under control. And you figure the control came yeah, from man. Adam Gase, and that and that's where that's where it's like wow, if you can do that with Jay Cutler, that's why like Adam Gase is being rumored to go to Tennessee because they're like, well, if you can do that with Jay Cutler, who's an old road dog, you know, you can't teach old dogs new tricks, kind of thing. They think he could really help out uh, Marcus Mariota. In Mario Noto. Yeah. Motorola. 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 As Christopher likes to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, I just, I, I think that's one of the things. And plus, you know, in the NFL and especially the NFL actually is, you know, the, always the hot thing is the, the next, the next hot coordinator. It's never like an old road dog coach. It's always a hot coordinator, yep. that, you know, lightning in a bottle kind of thing. And I think that's what makes Adam Gase a very desirable candidate for, for a football team. And, but see, that doesn't, that doesn't always work out. I mean, look at the Bears last year. No, I know. I mean, I, yeah, but I mean, you tried Bear, to do that with the Bear. I mean, the Bears had a shot at Bruce Arians and went with Mark Trestman. I mean, well, that's I just the defunct Bears situation. I mean, that's that's what it is. But I mean, it's like that with. I mean, if you look at it, most of the time, it's a it's an up up and coming. I mean, look at look at all the court, look at all the coaches that were hired last year. Very little, little of them were, were head coaches to head coach. It was always a coordinator. I mean, Dan Quinn went to Atlanta. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles and at, at, at the Jets. Or people I mean, coming from college to the NFL. Like yeah, Chip Bruce Kelly Arians stuff. when he went to when, when he went to Arizona. They're all coordinators, and that's just a hot thing to do in, in the NFL. And they don't usually, you know, it, it, you, you don't you have more tape on a coach 
to see if he, you know, if he's a good coach, X's and O's on a head coach. You, you, it's a lot harder to judge a, you know, a coordinator. So therefore, you can, you know, you, you think you could get lightning in a bottle versus you know what you're getting with the head coach. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I hope Adam Gase doesn't go, but I understand if he does. And I don't think, I don't think. I don't think uh, Fox has a lot of input in that because, I mean, I don't think you have to be a pretty nasty person to tell somebody, okay, you're going to get paid more money and have probably a better chance, but you should stay here with me. Like, I just don't see that happening, whether he should or not. So, yeah. Um, But to keep up with everything bears with us or uh, watching Carmen or Carmen, what? So I'm watching Christopher live tweets. Josh here from Scrap City Sports reminding you to (laughs) make sure that you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Scrap City Sports and find us online at ScrapCitySports.com for all your Chicago sports needs. Josh, I like the promo better. No, okay. I'll yeah, stop I, I don't have to see your lips. <laughs> yeah, like I'm trying to do the- you don't, from now on, I just won't talk the rest of the time. Every time you need to, I'll just I'll, give, I'll give you sound bites. That's what I should do. I'll give you sound bites and you can just throw me in there and be like, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> no, for sure. No, I don't think that's true. That's what I'll do is I'll just record a bunch of sound bites and then I don't even got to be here. You guys can just do it and just throw Perfect. me in wherever you Perfect. think about it. Perfect. That'd be just, awesome. Just uh, send me in those uh, Brovers Bro questions. Yeah, I'll, I'll send those Brovers Bro <laughs> questions to you first. And that's going to lead us right into actually um, one of the favorite segments we have here, which is Bro vs. Bro. Hey, brother. All right, so bro versus bro is uh, when Carmen and Christopher, they get to go head-to-head in some trivia knowledge questions. Um, We're going to give 10 questions. Um, I'll read the question if one of them wants to answer. Keep saying, um, because your sister is texting me. Uh, And so we're going uh, head-to-head. I'll say the question if Carmen wants to uh, answer. He'll say Carmen. Christopher wants to answer. So Christopher... And then uh, we'll keep going. I have a tiebreaker, too. So um, we'll get this going. I want to tell you what it's about, though. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of NBA after this. But Steph Curry is off to one of the best starts that we've seen somebody had in a long, long time. He is just red hot. So all these questions have to do with somebody that has had an all-time great season or kickoff to a season. So players that have had just groundbreaking, phenomenal seasons. Crazy runs. Crazy whatever. Okay? We good? You set? You set? No. No? I got to go to the bathroom, but this (laughs) every time we have Rovers Pro. Too bad. All right, I'm going to try and keep score. I'll try and do both because we don't have somebody here. So get it going. All right, guys, ready? This player's 59 home runs were more than eight AL and NL teams combined that hit for a 1921. He led the league in that year in RBIs and runs while batting 378. He had a 13.9 war, which is the second highest ever. Did you give a year on that? 1921. Christopher. Yes. Lou Gehrig? Incorrect. Carmen. Yes. Babe Ruth. Correct. Uh, number two, only 20 at the start of this of the 81-82 season. He set a new record for goals and points. His 92 goals. Yes. Wayne Gretzky. Correct. I was hoping. <laughs> How could you get that wrong? I don't know. That's I was like, oh, that's, a, that's it's like the only one. guy who's a... He owns every record. Never mind. Number three, he led the league in 61-62 with 50.4 points and 25.6 rebounds per... Yes. Will Chamberlain. Correct. Number four, this future star rushed for 2,628 yards and 39 touchdowns for Oklahoma State for an NCAA... Yes. 
Emmett Smith. Incorrect. For an NCAA record that still stands today. Christopher? Yes. Jim Brown? Incorrect. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Nobody gets that. Florida. Emmett Smith went to Florida. Damn. Number five. Uh, In 1966-67, this sophomore broke broke UCLA records averaging 29 points. Yes. Bill Walton. Incorrect. Averaging 29 points per game and led the NCAA and led the NCAA to banning dunking until 1976. Repeat the question. In 1966-67, this sophomore broke uh, 19 UCLA records, averaging 29 points per game, and led the NCAA to banning dunking until 1976. I don't know, Lou. Just give, <laughs> just give. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Ah, I know. I was blunt. Lou Alcindor. All right, number six. So that's uh, Carmen. You're up two one. Number six, the first NFL quarterback to surpass 5,000 yards in one season. He set a single-season record for touchdowns in 84 with four Carmen. Eight. Yes. Dan Marino. Correct. Number seven, in 2000, he set a tour record for longest-scoring average and won nine tour events, including three majors. Yes. Jack Nichols. Incorrect. Well, repeat it. In 2000, he set a tour record oh for lowest-scoring average and won Carmen. nine. Yes. Tiger Woods. It, correct. I don't think you can come back and win this. Oh, yeah, you can even tie it. Uh, number eight. In 1974, he won three Grand Slam titles included in this 15 tournament wins and went 99-4 and four on the tennis court. What year? Christopher. 1974. Oh, yes. John McEnroe. Incorrect. <laughs> Carmen. Won? Yes. Arthur Ashe. Incorrect. Jimmy Connors. Josh. Number, number nine. I'll, in, I'll hold my gripes till afterwards. You're upset about... So just tennis, continue, tennis just, stuff. Just Number nine. In continue. 1983, she went 86 and one, winning three Grand Slams, losing only in the semis of the French. Yes. Navratilova. Yes, correct. Uh, number ten. See that? The fastest. That was good. No, was good. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Number ten. Last one. The fastest time in the Belmont and winning the Triple Crown in 1973 in dominating fashion. <laughs> Oh, oh come on. If you don't know this, you... If you don't know this, you've never seen a horse. Repeat the question. The fastest time in the Belmont and winning the Triple Crown in 1973 in dominating fashion. Carmen. Yeah. Secretariat. Thank you. Good Lord. <laughs> you want to try the 11? Yes. Yeah, right. why not? This NASCAR legend won 27 out of 48, 48 starts in 1967. And won 10 consecutive races, still a Sprint Cup Series record. Christopher. Yes. Dale Earnhardt. No. <laughs> I have no idea. Carmen. Go. Randy Newman. No, Richard Petty. Ah. Richard what is what is with these these questions were like based around the time my parents weren't even born yet. That's some of the people had some of the best seasons ever then. <laughs> yeah, because nobody else played Wait, this time sport. Out, time out. Before we argue this, can we... Uh, can we no, can nobody we, wants to celebrate your win. Yeah, Congratulations, you won. We're done. That was easy. That was easy. Josh, not not because I won, but I thought that was I thought that was a good one. Like I, I did too. I, I didn't that know was, that was Listen, good. I gave up. I gave up before history. the thing even started. Did you see me? I was just sitting here in the corner, like this oh. is over. I mean, basically, you just had to have your filing cabinet open in the back of your head poor, of like years. Is poor sportsmanship over here to my right. Yeah, he's, Sorry, he's a sore loser. Josh, get out of he's here. A sore loser. I'm a sore loser. Leave Kenilworth Studios immediately. <laughs> you can't have me do that. Um, but if you like, actually, uh, the cops are here. You can leave now. <laughs> um, but if you like that, again, like I said before, make sure you follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at Scrap City Sports. Um, give us some ideas for what you want us to make 
uh, sports questions for Bro vs. Bro. And most importantly, um, follow us, like us, give us feedback. We want to know what you think. Only applause, though, please. Yeah, hold the applause. <laughs> no, all the applause that we can get. Um, we're actually really excited. What are we? Are we at? We're almost at. We're getting close to ten thousand follow or ten thousand uh, subscribers, right? Yeah, um, no, I wouldn't say close. If we triple our subscribers, we'll get the nuts. <laughs> no, we're yeah, we're we're, we're doing, about eight, we're, we're about eight thousand, right? We're we're pretty healthy. We're yeah. now say closer to seven thousand. Seven thousand. We're pretty healthy. Yeah. So um, I, I think the more important thing is is we're coming up on our year anniversary. Oh, first wow. one. Yeah, that's that's a pretty when's big, that coming up? You figured we did it what December twentieth, maybe? Oh yeah. So it's not that far off. I mean, we've been doing this for a year. We still like each other. So that's that's <laughs> well, a pretty good thing. That's, that's, that's arguable. That's that's debatable. Yeah, I hate, that's debatable. I hate you both. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, we feel like you're uh, a part of our family. And so we want to make sure that you get to be a part of that. Um, maybe uh, for our one year anniversary, we'll get some uh, some swag and some other stuff to be able to send out for some contests. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, again, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Scrap City Sports. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about some Chicago Bulls. They look good against, uh, well, I don't want to say good. They didn't look they good. They won. Yeah, let's they talk won. about the Bulls. I got a lot they, to say about they, the Bulls. They won The Bulls have, Charlotte. they don't know what they're doing. It's it depends. They it's, don't. They it's don't. very inconsistent. They're all they, just inc- the whole team is just inconsistent. They have no week. idea what they're doing. Identity is that the they word? have no identity. Hoiberg doesn't know well, how to run it off. What's defense? Well, no, yeah, I, defense. I'm not saying that. He just I don't understand what his philosophy is with the Pau Gasol, Miritich, Noah Gibson thing is because if like Carmen says, like we we say all the time, the eye test, right? Yep. Whenever Joakim Noah has been out there, he Offense has been great. the best player on the court. Yep. Besides maybe Jimmy Butler, who's getting buckets. Because Noah, that's not his forte. He doesn't score. Jimmy buckets. He is the guy that brings everything together. And if you're having a guy like that come off the bench and be pro- as productive as he is, it doesn't really work. And this is a stat for you guys. Yesterday, Joakim Noah, he played 23 minutes. He had 18 rebounds, 6 assists. Three points. The only player to ever come off the bench and have over 17 rebounds and five assists in a game was Dennis Rodman in 1994. So, Rodman. He, nobody's ever really done this before besides besides Rodman, who is going to be in the NBA Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. But, I mean, the basketball th- Hall of Fame. So. Right, now, now, mind you, I don't agree with the decision to have Noah come off the bench. I think he should start. I think Paul Gasol at this point in his career should come off the bench. Paul Gasol... But do you think that... But that being said, do you think that benefits Joakim Noah in his style of play because he's such an energy guy where now he can concentrate his energy in spurts and just hammer opponents and just play as well as he can Yeah, but you know what? in spurts versus have to worry about going the longevity of a game? Yeah, he doesn't have to pay, play 35-plus minutes because Tom Thibodeau is gone, but... You know, Pau Gasol just kind of looks disinterested, to be honest with yeah. you. I mean, he do, he doesn't look like he hit. I don't know. Maybe that's just how he is. Uh, maybe Roy, if he was here, could elaborate on his since he's been, you know, an L.A. fan for it's however long. Life. And Pau Gasol, you know, was NBA champion with L.A. But I don't. He just looks disinterested. Like he just looks like, OK, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to hit this. uh 
All right, that's that's an obscene gesture. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna hit this, you know, mid-range jump shot, and I'm just gonna loaf back on the other to the other side of the court and not grab a rebound or not play defense. Because well, here's the thing though: at the beginning, when they played Cleveland, he didn't look like that. He was hustling. Yeah, but he was I, making. Blocks. I think I mean, when they played Cleveland, though, everybody looked good. But, Derrick but, Rose looked great. Like no, everybody was. But my was question good. is: Do you think does it does it have something to do with the system? I mean, he's a veteran, and I mean, nobody else on that team's really a veteran, right? I mean, Joe Kim Noah is a veteran, but he's still a younger player. I mean, Derrick Rose is a veteran. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like Aaron Brooks is a veteran. But I'm saying Paul Gasol is a veteran, veteran. Like Paul Gasol is the oldest there. He has been on teams. He's won championships, and all of a sudden you have this young coach who thinks he knows what he's doing, come in and try and tell you what to do and how to run this. And I've had, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, like, if I'm Paul Gasol, I'm like, listen, I had Phil Jackson tell me how to run stuff and win, you know, three championships with me. In 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 what world do you Yeah, think- and there's a reason why Phil Jackson is up in the in the skybox is now watching games instead of down on the court coaching them. No, I understand. Probably because his triangle offense is no good anymore. But I'm saying that, do you think so, that Pau Gasol I don't think maybe, it's no good, though. I think it's more of a, it's more of a just a player thing in New York. But do you think that Pau Gasol has, well, you have is, to have the right players for the system. Looks disinterested because of anything going on between him and Hoidberg or no, I don't, it, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm I mean, that's the only much, reason that I would think into of it. it. I mean, cause yeah, he looks disinterested, but look at his stats. He still had, you know, I think over 15 and 12, 15 points, 12 rebounds over that. I don't know exact, but he had a pretty good game. So then why would you not want him starting over Joe? I don't know. It's just like the offense just kind of slows down. You know, with Joakim Noah, he doesn't want the ball. <laughs> you know, he, he he's either he's either taking the ball to give it to somebody else and or make some some kind of Amazing pass. Well, I mean, like, I mean, and or just grab grab rebounds. He does all the dirty. It's work. part of it because Pauzer is is almost he's not, but he's he's almost a back to the basket kind of a guy. What were you gonna say? No, I was just because I think like like a lot with you know people it happens with Derrick Rose is you know everyone forgot how great Derrick Rose is two years ago before Joakim Noah's knee injury. I mean, he was Defensive Player of the Year and fourth finishing an MVP ballot. So I mean, he can play when he- I mean, now he wasn't he wasn't healthy last year at all. This year. You know, like like we mentioned in previous podcasts, I mean, he worked his body out to be make sure he is, plays a lot this season and, and is able to stay on the stay on the court as but, much as possible. But where, do you have any do you have any regard for the fact that he had almost a week off before posting up that eight the crazy you know stat eighteen rebounds? Six yeah, but that's but that's the way they they geared the NBA as far as there's. I mean, what the Bulls played two games this week? I mean, two games in seven nights. I mean that's the Adam Silver stretching out the season, making sure you know he 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 put a big emphasis on the fact of wanting players healthy for the playoffs, and that's how you do it by giving a lot of rest. I mean, Fred Hoiberg gave him the night off, so I mean that really exa- exaggerated the no, rest. He, he has, giving Derrick Rose a night off may not be your best decision ever. Just throw well, that out there. But that's the thing though. Like, like speaking about Derrick Rose, I mean that's a that, that's the thing though. It's like me, like I'm starting to jump to like oh like just kind of doom and gloom with that guy because you know you. He, you know, I remember how great he was his MVP season. I think he can, I think he should be able to get close to that. I mean, not for the Bulls to be successful. I don't think Derrick Rose has to be great, but I think he has to be good or really good. Him where he is isn't going to help them much. But should I cut him some slack based on the fact that he missed all of training camp? I mean, he broke his orbital bone. I mean, he can't see straight yet. I mean, is that is that I mean is that an excuse? Yeah, because Russell Westbrook had the same thing, and he's. Triple yeah, but, doubles every night. Yeah, Russell I, Westbrook and Derrick Rose are mere images. I mean, one hurt their, they both hurt their knees, and 
Both Russell Westbrook. Westbrook came back and can dunk over dunk on a 15-foot rim. Derrick Rose does not want to try and touch the rim. He wants to make here, floaters. Here, here's my biggest issue is that the offense does not look very cohesive. Yeah. You know, I, I said this about Pau Gasol, but yesterday Derrick Rose was a negative four on the court and the Bulls won. I mean, he's a starter. He logged, I think, 35 minutes. So for him to be a negative four and then the win, and he was on the court, a court considerable amount of time, is kind of discerning to me because, you know, the, the Bulls had the best the best push and the best movement against Charlotte. Which, yeah, they're an improved team. Are they? Are 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 they what what the Bulls? You know, are, are they Cleveland? No. Are they Oklahoma City? No. But when when the Bulls were making their biggest pushes against them against the Hornets. Yesterday, it was when the second team was on the court. It was when Noah was out there with Gibson and and, and Snell and, and you know Sprinkle McDermott in there occasionally. And Jimmy Butler, you know, a lot of times stays out there with the second unit too. I mean, I don't know. It's just he. I don't know if Derrick Rose is he's still seeing double like Carmen said, but he just. I guess my only thing is, is do we cut him some slack because. Yeah, I mean we are. I mean, only I don't want, I don't want to 12, panic on it. Twelve but games just, into the season, I mean he missed all of training camp. It's gonna take. It's gonna take time. Yeah, for the for for Fred Hoiberg's system, a new system, like all that to, kind to, of rolling. to work in. And Derrick Rose, I don't know if he's gonna wear that face mask all year or not, or just if his vision is, gets better. But it's just I don't know. My I don't question, like what I see because there's no like there's no emotion besides Noah, besides Butler. Other than that. There's nothing really, and Gibson, you know, Gibson's always yelling at everybody. So, <laughs> but I mean, as a, I mean, like I said though, it, you know, he's he's essentially a rookie at this point because I mean, he's in a new system. You know, he 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 missed all of training camp. Like, I don't buy that. No, no, no. Here's here's my question: When you said you give him some slack, I give him slack, but I give the, the whole qu- team slack. The, yeah, but the question is, how much? Though? How long do you let that go for? How long is that an okay excuse? Right. Because that's, that's we've given we've given him that. We've said, oh, okay. This, well, now his knee. He's back and he's looking good, but we gotta, you know, pump the brace a little bit. And we've done that for him over and over. I mean, it's almost like, you know, Reggie and everybody when they always say he's protected for so long. I mean, people give him the benefit of the doubt way more than they are when they're critical of him. And, and this and, was the same thing that that got Tom Thibodeau fired for the most part. Yeah. It, the 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 team's inconsistency. Because you know, one night they're playing Oklahoma City, they look like world champions. Then they play the Charlotte Hornets and get blown out by thirty. So, you know, and it's the same team. There's no key losses, key additions, same team. What is the difference? Why can't, I, why can't they get up to play Charlotte and Milwaukee and, you know, New Jersey and Minnesota? I mean, they, they, they couldn't even muster up a, 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 a point in overtime against Minnesota, which, yeah, they have a decent roster, but come on. They're Minnesota. You're going to beat Minnesota. You should beat Minnesota. But not even beat. I mean, score a point in overtime. Yeah, I, I mean, mean come bad. on. Come but, on. I mean... Yeah, it's it, it, it's just one of those those things though. It's like what you know what what are you going to expect out of Derrick Rose, knowing what we have and knowing you know his his fractured orbital bone and you know his previous injuries and stuff like that. I mean, what what would be acceptable for you guys out of Derrick Rose to say, okay, he can help us win a championship? He's got to be he's got to be at least a, a twelve to fifteen point scorer. With at least six assists, six seven assists a game. I was I was gonna say, I was gonna say ten and six. But he can't be a fifteen point scorer taking twenty five shots. He's got to be a fifteen point efficient. scorer. He's got to yeah. be efficient, right? I mean, I don't know his, his shot. I just got too many gripes with him. His shot still looks ugly. Looks I mean, flat. he doesn't look natural driving to the hoop. I don't understand what what the deal is. He does look. Here's the deal: is I know he's had you know he's had some turnovers issues, but he does look like he's trying to get more people involved. 
and looking to get the ball but is that out just, of his is hands. That, is that just him not wanting to face the scrutiny of, yeah, you went, you know, two for 14? You know, no, hey, I'm I only going to take I'm only going to take eight shots no. now. How how many? I mean, what, what's an acceptable shot total in a game for Derrick Rose? I mean, what would you say is an you know to to get those twelve to fifteen I, points? How I many shots say, are you taking? I would say a, a point for a, a point for each shot given up. 15, 15, 15, 15, fifteen. I'd be okay with fifteen, 15 shots. 15 well, shots. I mean, it, just, 10, just 15 looking, points. Fifteen okay, shots. Based on, but based on that, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler was what eight for sixteen yesterday with. And he was so you said you you said you know what six six to seven assists between ten and fifteen points is, is good for Derrick Rose right but if you look at the last three games with Derrick Rose he's shot he's shot four for fourteen six for fourteen three for thirteen which qualifies in your shot shot efficiency correct he scored well, ten the, points the shot shot amounts yes yes well that's, that's what I mean I mean I'm not not saying where he shoots on the floor I'm just saying shot attempts he scored ten twelve and eleven points and then also had eight seven and five assists which. Under your qualification, would be a good game, but yet you're saying he hasn't been good. No, he hasn't been good. What but, are his turnovers? Uh, turnovers. No, he doesn't. He hasn't really turned the ball over much. Actually, Three, two, and five. Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's has turned the ball over more than Derrick Rose. But that's has. but that kind of goes back to what I was saying. No, no. About, but the, the thing is, is just my gripe with that, and you, you know, you're, you're bringing up this point that you know you're. I'm contradicting myself on what I say. No, no, I'm just. But the I'm, offense just doesn't look fluid when he's out there. That's my point. Is right, but that's but that's what I'm saying though. When I was having the conversation with you, Josh, about the eye test, it's like you can look at stats as much as you want because based on your criteria, stat wise, he's having he's living up to what you think he should be doing. But but the eye test is different. But that's the, but that's the minimum of what he should be doing. That's what we're saying. But, that's that, that, but right now he's doing the bare minimum, and so he's not he's not carrying a load that no, anybody well, else but is I carrying. Asked, I, I framed it as I says what would be an acceptable game for you guys, and you guys both listed that, which is which he's he's doing. But unfortunately, he's not passing. He doesn't he doesn't look great in doing it. So he's not passing that eye test, which you know is a big proponent, you know, a big component into into the overall persona of Derrick Rose is, you know, he has to look good. He has to look like he's got the explosiveness, the speed, the shot selection, the shot, the intensity that, that we look for in Derrick Rose. And it's not just the numbers. It's not just looking at black and but white see, stats. Here's, but here's the, pro- here's the problem is that he looks, if, if that's acceptable, which that is acceptable. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean that's if not you're bad. looking I mean, at on paper, yeah. 13 I, points. But here's the problem is that if you don't have some, if Jimmy Butler has an off night, if Powell has an off night, whoever if whoever's going to score the bulk of your points then or or share that load has an off night, that's when he needs to step up. And you don't see that. And that's where the problem is, is that's okay for a bare minimum. If you're going to be able to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to get my assists. I'm going to get some points. I'm going to let Jimmy Butler carry the load of this. But if you have Jimmy Butler have an off night or, or whoever else have an off night, that's where Derek Rosen said, okay, now I need to step in and I need to step it up because they're having an off night. I'm not, I, I have to, I have to come in and, and take over then. And that's what you don't see is that Derek Rose I mean, other than I forget, maybe it was the second game when he had the chance for the game-winning shot and he missed it, and his joke was he was seeing double, and so he shot at the wrong basket. I mean, other than that, you haven't seen him attempt, you know, to to try and take over a game or do. I mean, he he passed the ball on a last-minute shot, last-second shot Here, here's for Jimmy th- Butler to take it. Here's the thing: a lot of a lot of NBA teams, you know, this has been the biggest fad since you know the Boston Celtics of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. You need a big three, okay? If you have Jimmy Butler, you know, in the 20s, you know, averaging points in the 20s, you have Pau Gasol in the, you know, the mid-teens, you need Derrick Rose to be in the high, high, high teens as well. Because if you look at a perfect example, if you look at Oklahoma City, okay, 
They get po- ridiculous point production out of Kevin Durant when he's healthy and Russell Westbrook when he's healthy. Russell Westbrook also is a triple double machine, like I've said. You know, gets 11, 12 rebounds, uh, 12 assists a game. And the other night set his own career high with 17 rebounds. You think Derrick Rose ever going to get 17 rebounds? No. Russell, what, as much gripe as people want to give Russell Westbrook for being a ball hog and, 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 uh, you know, hogging the ball from, from presumably one of the greatest players in the NBA right now, Kevin Durant, you know, he makes an impact on the court. You don't see that with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose doesn't show intensity. He doesn't show fire. He doesn't show the the will and the passion. You know, if he if he's if Derrick Rose if the Bulls gonna win the game and Derrick it has to be Derrick Rose dishing out thirteen or fourteen assists and that's not what he's doing though. You know, if that's what it takes to get everybody else going, you know, somebody another scorer besides him is just you know it's just the 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 the. the what we need out of Derrick Rose is what we need. He needs to be dynamic is what he needs to be because, you know, yeah, 15 points might be okay, but he's got to be, he's got to be dropping 15 points and, and 12, 12 assists as well because it's, it, that's, that just won't cut it. I was thinking about this after I said it and that won't cut it because in today's NBA and to keep up with Cleveland, it, Cleveland has only lost one game to the Bulls. You know, it's, it's just, it's 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 not going to get it done. He's he's got to be back into the he's got to be back into the low twenties, high teens, points per game. I was going to say it's when I said it when I say acceptable, I think of setting the bar right at the mid level. All right, so acceptable. Are you, are you in between in the middle? Well, that's what I'm saying right there. That's that's acceptable. Acceptable is what is not a that, complete and utter failure. That's acceptable. Just one quick thing. Yeah. That's acceptable against Milwaukee. That's not acceptable against. No, I'm just saying acceptable as in that's that's whatever. I, you're not going, but that's that's where you're going to end up. You're going to end up at the middle of the pack with everybody. If you want to go above and beyond, yeah, Derrick Rose has to play better than what he has played. But right now, that's acceptable. But what are the what's their record right now? Are they 500? Bulls, yeah, they're yeah. six and three, right? I think six and three. I'm not sure. I'm not sure offhand, but I'll look I, I, I guess my other question though. Parts of the Derrick Rose thing is, is everyone everyone scrutinizes Derrick Rose and his play and all that stuff. But you know, with him, you know, not having stellar games all the time, where why does Jimmy Butler get a pass? Everyone wants to anoint him as the next superstar because in the Jimmy, league, and Jimmy Butler doesn't Jimmy get Butler a pass. Because Jimmy Butler does things. He plays to, defense. He plays defense. Yeah, but he's being paid as a, as a shooting guard, as a superstar shooting guard. Because what Jimmy Butler, what Jimmy Butler does, which Derrick Rose doesn't do, is when Jimmy Butler's shot isn't falling, Jimmy Butler gets to the free throw line. He scores points when he. When his shot isn't falling, when he knows he doesn't have it, shoot the free throws. Derrick Rose shoots one, two free throws at the most, maybe a game. He's terrible at getting to the line, and a lot of the, a lot of them, yeah, I, I give, I, I, I'm on his side with it because he gets hammered when he go, goes to the basket and he doesn't get a call. Jimmy Butler, they sneeze on him and he gets a foul called. But there's, it's also knowing how to get the fouls called as well goes into it. Derrick Rose. What I'd like to see out of him, and I'm not talking about stats. Bulls are six and three. If you want to say eye test, okay, so they're they're six three games. Eye yeah. test is big. So, but if you want to say eye test, that's where the standard we use. I want to see Derrick Rose. I, Jimmy Butler gets the ball in open space, and Jimmy Butler wants to make a poster. Jimmy Butler wants to dunk over whatever defender is standing in his way. That is that is what that is his his thing. Now he is aggressive. He is accelerating to the rim, and he wants to throw it down. And he wants to show you that I am better. Derrick Rose does not show that. Derrick Rose goes up, and Derrick Rose looks like 
what, you know, Steve Nash used to look like, where he'd want to float it up because he was going to get, you know, blocked out of his mind because he was a foot shorter than everybody else. Yeah, that's but, what, no, never mind. But, I'm saying, that's what Derek, but that's what Derek Rose looks like now. I have not seen Derek Rose go up and try and, you know, two-hand throw down, you know, yeah, in between two people. It, it's always same, a layup. It's always an up and under reverse, a reverse layup. Because Which, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with making I'm not layups because as long as I they want, fall. But I'm not because I want Derrick Rose to be aggressive like that. And I don't know why he is, isn't if it's because he's apathetic. Wait, because wait, so you, sometimes saying, Derrick Rose looks like Jimmy Jimmy Butler beat him out for the the big dog on campus role. And he's just going to stand there and, and, and pout in a corner about stuff. That's what Derrick Rose looks like So sometimes. you're saying you want Derrick Rose to, to, to drive the basket with authority and aggressiveness and dunk it over Goran Dragic like he did. Four years ago, or at or least, or at least, I want to see his attitude portray that. It doesn't do that right now. Well, this is this has been the issue ever since Derrick Rose has had his first meniscus injury, or, or ACL. ACL. I'm sorry, ACL injury when he came back, and you know he just he didn't he's 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 a different player now, and I'm okay with him going to the basket and making layups if they go in. I'm not okay with him going to the basket and just wildly throwing up the ball because. I, d- I could do that at the YMCA myself. It doesn't really work. It doesn't. It doesn't. It win. did work. You had twenty nine points. You yeah, I, I gave him a thirty two. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> just a backstory. It's playing a little pickup game of thirty two. We, 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 t- we play twenty one in Iowa. Yes, I don't I know who plays thirty two. I don't know. It's, it's thirty. It goes by twos and threes. We play a game a, of thirty two. It's a new, it new era of, of pickup basketball. Four other guys. Twenty one is usually what it is. Yeah. Four other guys. Ones and twos and threes and twos. It's threes and twos. And Why? I, it's just more math. Yeah, dude. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't make, I didn't make the game. But anyways, I had twenty nine points. The next closest guy had eighteen. They were triple. And I lost. They were triple <laughs> triple teaming me. I had nowhere to go. Couldn't muster up a shot. My so, legs were done. It's not like Derrick Rose. And so I lost. Excuses just left. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> I, I could do that at the YMCA. It's not acceptable for somebody. You know, quote who's unquote, that talented? Right. "Quote unquote," the best guy on the team, you know, which he wants to anoint himself, and or you know, a lot of people around the city want to anoint him the best guy on the team, which is highly debatable. So we 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 talked a couple podcasts ago, maybe using last podcast about the possibility of the Bulls trading, or the possibility of the Bulls uh, getting rid of like Taj Gibson uh, before the season started, and, and that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts now? Is I mean, as you go forward, I mean, is this something where you say, okay, we know it's the same team that we had last year? They, I don't know. Or do you need I, to make some acquisitions? I was, I was thinking this. I was thinking this earlier. Do the Bulls have to change the culture because they had this culture, you know, previously with Tom Tib Tom Tibbs Thibodeau, um, you know, and and now they have this young and up and coming coach in Fred Hoiberg, and he's demanding different things of them, um, asking them to do different things, um, and you know, you got guys like Paul Gasol, and you know, for the most part, and Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah, you know. Are they getting that message? Do they need to move somebody, move a Pau Gasol, move a Derrick Rose to send the message, hey, this is how it's going to be. Either you play like you should, like I'm asking you to, or you get out. Well, let me... let me. Oh. Yeah, but the, I mean, the, the, the hard part about basketball and trades, though, is, yeah, you, you can say, like, you know, Derrick Rose is expendable or, you know, try and get rid of him or whatever because he's not living up to the contract. Todd Gibson, you know, same. You might want to try and ship him off. Problem is, is who are you gonna replace him with? Well, no, I mean I, that's that's really the issue. Like, yeah, you know, it'd be great to get rid of Taj Gibson and it'd be great to get rid of you know Derrick Rose's contracts and all that stuff. But who are you gonna replace him with? And 
That's the difficult part. No, I understand that. Well, and, Der- and that's Derek where you Rose would to. be hard to replace. Yeah, because only because what they have behind him, uh, Taj Gibson might be a little different since they have some guys that play, that play the position pretty well um, behind him. So I, I, so if you look at looking at the Bulls, I'm I'm saying Fred Hoiberg wants to play this fast kind of run and gun offense. You know, get it up the. Court. And by the way, it's a and, misconception that Fred Hoiberg wants. You know, offense over defense. No, no, no. I because the Bulls, I think, per 100 possessions, lead the NBA in opponent holding opponents to under their av- defense their, efficiency. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the, no, the no. defense is still there, minus the minus the Charlotte do you, game. Do you think that? Up. Do you think that that's because of Hoiberg? That's because of no, just what the them, bo- just what they've always it's the been. The backbone of the Bulls is yeah. the backbone of every single player besides maybe Bobby Portis. And Miritich. but so so the Bulls want to run, or Hoiberg wants to run this, and I, I look at that and I go, well, well, what other teams run this run and gun, this super fast, let's score uh, a whole bunch that has had a lot of success. State. Oklahoma State. I'm saying I'm saying Golden State, and so I uh, look Cleveland. Golden State, and I say Golden State has something in in a player that's very similar to Taj Gibson, high energy, Draymond Green, high energy. Uh, a, a b- bigger guy able to to do that, but here's the difference between D- Draymond Green and and uh, Taj Gibson. Draymond and Green is stretch four. Well, and Taj Dr- Gibson's a low three. But I'm saying, <laughs> no. but Draymond a Draymond Green, three, Taj, Taj Gibson puts his back to the basket and wants to jump hook every every other shot. That's that's what he does. He Taj? gets the ball. No, he's, and a, it mid, is he's a, a mid range jumper. That's his that's his game. Mid range jumpers and and put back. Nasty dunks. Every time you feed the ball into Taj Gibson in the block, it is not coming out. It is a black hole that Taj Gibson is going to throw it up there somehow. He's a somewhere. modern day Marcus Pfizer, is what you're saying? Okay. If you had somebody like a Draymond Green who could run the floor, who could still bring you that energy, but you were able to 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 have the stretch part of it, like you said. Hey Josh. That's where. Yeah. Um Miritich? Yeah. No, I understand. So then why is why is Miritich... Because he cannot hit a three-pointer for the life of him now. I mean, he started out the season great, but he he scored three points yesterday. I mean, you have no excuse for that. That's 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 inexcusable again. That that is a part of another big reason why the Bulls. Can I can I make a suggestion yeah, for six Nikola and three, Mer- so we're, we're six and three team ever? Can I make a suggestion for Nikola Meritich to help his stats? Nicola. He needs a. Boombox Aquarium. That's what he needs. You oh, guys see Jimmy like Butler? Jimmy Butler on tank. Hey, wait, just 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 a quick just a quick thing. If you if you haven't heard, Jimmy Butler got this like twenty thousand gallon boombox fish tank in his house, and so it's gonna be on Animal Planet, I think, this weekend sometime. But anyway, Jimmy Butler's stats without the without the aquarium versus with the boombox aquarium. Before the boombox aquarium, he averaged eighteen point five points, five point four rebounds, two point nine assists, and a forty three percent field goal percentage. With the boombox, 27, 27 points, five rebounds, four assists. He needs a boombox. He, he needs some beard oil for that magnificent he need, he need, yeah, he maybe, needs, he needs, maybe he needs somebody to come and tug on his beard like... Uh, Brandon Marshall? Yeah, like Brandon Marshall did. That's what he should do. No. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean... He, Miritich is struggling beyond... I mean, I... I I, I wouldn't say I kind of saw this coming, but I kind of—I I don't know. I just more slump. I took a—I I had taken a step back on Miritich after he had that fantastic March last year, where he led all all NBA players in fourth quarter scoring and was just playing lights out, you know. And then he kind of took a step back in the playoffs. Kind of seen this coming. Doug McDermott, I think, is playing pretty good too. Oh yeah, uh, he's, he's from Iowa. He's stretching the floor. He's from Iowa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
No, but he, I mean, and and the thing is, he's not just a three-point shooter. He he does definitely take the ball to the basket. So. Yeah, he's he's aggressive. He's Which trying is, to get stuff it, done. It's good to see. Is what is what Miritich, I don't know, maybe he should start shooting threes at the actual three-point line instead of seven yeah, feet behind Yeah, like five behind feet it. behind it. Yeah, it drives like, me crazy. It's like, okay, dude, like if you're Steph Curry, you can get away with that, but... You're Nico Miritich. I'm interrupting. I'm interrupting. Did you see, I think we talked about this, but did you see Steph Curry hit those two buzzer beaters the other day? Like from not three quarters court, but half court essentially just, and it's like, it's like nothing. I just heard them pose a the question like of, of is, is Curry the best player in the NBA currently right now? He's got to be. I would think so. There was a, there was a strong argument for still LeBron James, which which you, you can yeah. like you know it what? or hate it. You I, can always. I think a lot of the thing is is the I don't know the fan the fanboys are like swarming over Steph Curry, which I have he's I have to, no problem with it because it's fun to watch. Steph Curry is amazing. It's it's think about this. If you're talking back in I don't know whatever you know who's 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 a, who's the best player in the NBA? Shaq or Kobe? I mean, they play two totally different positions. It's hard to be able to say that. Yeah, but you're. But I, I mean, the question was framed uh, like: if you're starting a team right now, who are you taking first? It's oh, well, a, then it's a, it's. The, I mean, it's today, right now. See, yeah, Steph Curry's right so much younger, though. But I mean, you, you have figure, so much more you, out you of Steph Curry. So James has got what he is right now. As as good as he is right now, he's probably got four more years of that. Yeah, but Steph Curry's probably got yeah. But here's eight the thing: more years of that. Here's the thing: you take yeah, but you take both players. You take Steph Curry and you take LeBron James. You put them in the court at the same time, right? LeBron one, James is winning one on one every time. Right? Is this? LeBron James could shut down Steph Curry. Steph Curry cannot shut down LeBron James. I understand that, but but I don't think that's that's. I wouldn't say shut down because the guy can make. <laughs> She's gonna walk back to half court and just step back and shoot it right over him. But you know, I, I I guess my whole thing though is like how in how in the argument if you're if you're going with that route, how do you not even in, include Anthony Davis in that conversation? Because he not hasn't having been a good season really well. Yeah, but he hasn't. Been, but I mean, when healthy, he hasn't won a championship yet. Yeah, I know. I but, mean, he hasn't. But if, he hasn't won an MVP yet. If you're having a that's, conversation, that's about the biggest thing. He hasn't won an MVP yet, and and I don't think. I mean, if you're talking about having won a championship, I would argue he hasn't been surrounded by anybody to help him win a championship at all. And he's in New Orleans, which but is he, kind of a black hole. But for if the you're NBA. but if you're talking about winning an MVP, you can you can put that on your shoulders and you can say I am going to take my team because he's the most valuable player, and you could do that. So him not having won an MVP yet is something where I would agree that. That's why he's not probably getting the recognition that he he does. Who who knows? Let's let let's let Anthony Davis fly under the radar for another year or two, and then maybe the Bulls can. No, he, he signed, signed a huge, huge extension. Oh, like, yeah, he's like six years, years, eight years or something like that. What, what I rock are you living on? I forgot, about, I forgot, about, that. That I forgot about that. I remember I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he signed. I was like, oh, that was a sad day for me. But you're gonna uh, trade Derrick Rose for Anthony Davis? Oh, I would have given the whole team for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I I don't know. I mean, is it is it possible though that that's, that Curry is better? This year than he even was last year. I mean, is that oh even, yeah, that's. I mean, he's getting. I mean, he's it, yeah. He, he's getting he, better. Golden State looks better than they were last year. Do they are defeated right do now? Do they have a shot at going breaking the record? Do, do yeah. you think they have a shot? It's at, only nine nine or ten games of the season. They have a shot. I mean, they're on pace right now. So they're yeah, actually, they're, they're, every right team's right gonna hit up right now. They're on pace to never lose a game. So well, I'm saying I right mean, now, do you think they can beat the record? I mean, you think they could win seventy three games? I mean, seventy games. Seventy games would be an accomplishment. I know, the, 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 See, the, the problem is the Western Conference is really tough. Yeah. So. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's one. Here's the other thing. Think. I mean, what what do you want? I mean, look at when I'm trying to think when the the Colts they went undefeated for 15 games. Well, they do 16th game. Sat Peyton Manning and they lost it. 
That was that was a terrible decision. No, I know, but I'm saying other rather than going defeated, I mean Jim Caldwell. That's why I do not, do not like that. That was his decision. It was his decision. Not that that was a bad move. But, but here's my here's my my thing on that. So do you think that throughout the Warriors run, there's not going to be times where they go, yeah, let's just make sure everybody's healthy, and so we'll just kind of I don't know. I mean, we'll it's possible. That, that, I mean, that's that's because that's the, is, that's, the, the, that's the NBA of today. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's like the Popovich. It's the Popovich approach to yeah. managing, which obviously works. Yeah. And he's got an old team. So, I mean, if he can do it, and that's it works the thing. For What's him. more important, breaking records or winning championships? That's what it comes down to for you. I mean. Championships. <laughs> Great conversation, guys. Do we need to? Do we need to? Here's my question. Do we need to have another draft? What? NBA draft like we had last time? No, it's pointless. Yeah, no. I, I don't, you know, my back's going to get bruised from all the pads I'm getting on it for, for my team, okay? <laughs> All three no, but out just, of the six. I think, I think six people <laughs> answered. I think you got three, he got two, and somebody else got one. No, I, I think I had three, he had two. But whatever. 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 Nobody, who's counting, right? Yeah, who's yeah. Count, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, well, for, I'm the guy, only guy who had Curry on his team, so considering that, eh, you know, I had all three of Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Curry. But, you know, who's counting? Anthony Davis is not doing well this year, so. I still, I'd still take him hurt. I'd still take him hurt. But yeah. So, anyways, we I think we all had Anthony Davis, but um, yeah. I mean, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be. Uh, It'll be a good season for the Bulls. We'll we'll get to watch them. I mean, they're six, they're six and three. You know what? Six as long as they could break this, if they're funk. if they're crappy consistently, okay, you could deal with that. If they are good consistently, me- mediocre consistently, okay, I could deal with that. But when they go out and they're you know they're they're beating the the heck out of. When Oklahoma they, City and, and Cleveland, Cleveland. And, and then they lose to Charlotte and they lose to Minnesota. They can't score a point in overtime. Yeah, but isn't that isn't that the thing, though, that we've kind of wished for from t- the Tom Thibodeau era of those teams is like, you know, it, you don't have to win every game. As no, long but, as you're healthy and you're no, no, rested come playoff time, even, that's even, all that matters. Even in Tom Thibodeau era, what would happen is you would be, you'd be up and beat, you know, get up, get up. You would get up and you would beat really good teams. I wish and then you would lay the biggest egg against... Brooklyn, Brooklyn would come in and stomp you, and you and you would go. How, what happened to the Bulls that just, um, you know, that just went out and yeah, but beat the Clippers? There's they, al- there's always trap games, you know, games that yeah, the, the you know, like you said, the Bulls beat the Clippers on you know in a big game, or you know, Cleveland on a big game, and then they come back and they lose to Orlando or or, or you know somebody like the Pistons or somebody like that. So. I wish we had the technology here at the Kenilworth Studios and at Scrap City Sports where we could play Fred Hoiberg's post-game interviews, you know, when he gives his synopsis of the games. And basically what Hoiberg says is pretty much after every game um, recently is that the team does not show effort and pace. You know, there's no, you know, there's no, they don't have any gusto. You know, there's no, there's no fight to them really. They just kind of, eh. Out there, just doing whatever. They need some. They need some uh, intestinal fortitude. Exactly. The, the, there's no fight in them. It's just like okay, if 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 they don't, if they're not landing all the punches, then you know they kind of go into a hole and and hide. So, well, we'll hope that that key, uh, they can get out of that funk, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be watching that. And again, last time, if you want to uh, check out any bull stuff or follow us about that, check us out on Facebook or on Twitter. Follow us uh, at Scrap City Sports. Um, same thing with the website, ScrapCitySports.com, to see all things Scrap City Sports. So we're going to wrap stuff up here. We got um, this thing called Mic Time, where everybody gets about a minute to say what they want. 
in any single thing they want to, and I'm putting Carmen on the spot. He gets to go first. Go, Carmen. Awesome. I don't know if anyone was paying attention to... Uh, what, you? No. No. What channel What channel was it yesterday? 256 on Comcast, but the giant upset of my Western Illinois basketball team over the, I don't know what would be, runner-up in the national championship last year, Wisconsin Badgers. And I just want to say big ups to the Leatherneck Nation. Uh, entering the game, there were 25... Point five underdogs to to the Badgers. Stop that! <laughs> and they went in. They, they, just to put it in the comparison, okay? They talk about a weak conference. They're in. I couldn't even tell Missouri Valley Conference MB, or MVC, which is not a powerhouse conference. And they were picked. They were they were picked preseason to finish last in the conference to go into Madison and upset when they were a twenty five and a half point dog to the Wisconsin Badgers. And then going and win on their court was just amazing. And being a Leatherneck alum, I was just really proud of them. So I'm going to take my minute to just say WIU pride. That's all. Next. All right. My mic time is going out. Um, I, I know we discuss this a lot on the show. Um, we have a bunch of. Are you going to yell at Brandon Marshall again for touching? Another man's face? <laughs> no. But uh, our mic time, we, you know, my mic time is going out to something that we do talk about a lot, which is. Which is TV shows. And um, I am kind of excited about this new TV show on HBO called Vinyl. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. Is that the Rolling Stone one, right? Yes. Um, all right. So Vinyl, this TV show on HBO, is going to be set in the 1970s in New York. Um, it's, a ride th- it's a ride through sex and drug-added music during the dawn of the punk, disco, and hip-hop era and at the height of the rock and roll um, era. The main character is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a record label president played by uh, Bobby Cannavale, who also played in Boardwalk Empire. He's one of the gangsters. He was um, a good character yeah, in that. Yeah, I love that guy. And he, had, he, had, he didn't have a very expanded role in Boardwalk Empire, but... It was good. He was really good. Um, but he was also seen more recently in movies like The Ant-Man and Spy, um, but if any of you guys can uh, can and will go out and, and check out the previews, if you have the capabilities of watching shows on HBO, which I know not everybody does, but um, yeah, go ahead and watch the uh, the promo video for it. It looks pretty fantastic. When does it start? Uh, February of 2016. So it starts in two months. Just on that note, did anybody hear that they usually premiere the, the first episode of Game of Thrones beginning of April and they pushed it back? For this show. No, it's because it's not ready, but... But I, I think the show, yeah, is, I think, run, I think the show is, spo- yeah, is supposed I think, to be running I don't think they, they don't like... They, HBO expected. doesn't like to match up Game of Thrones against anything because that's their biggest draw, so dun, dun, they don't like to dun, share dun. any time with anything else, so that probably th- coincides too. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited because a lot of things are going to be ending. I just want Game of Thrones to come back on. I'm sorry. A lot of, a lot of TV shows are going to be ending and be on their, you know, their, their bi-yearly break or whatever they are, you know, yeah. mid-season break or whatever. So uh, yeah. this hopefully should slide right in and... Uh, Looks amazing. Good. Um, I'm taking my minute. I don't need a minute. Um, I'm getting ready to, when we're done with this, go upstairs and watch my number five Iowa Hawkeyes uh, play against Minnesota. They're actually on right now. Yeah. Um, Iowa ranked number five in the nation. There's a lot of controversies I've talked about with Cow- Colin Coward and whatnot, but um, doesn't matter. They're ranked number five. They have an opportunity if they win out uh, and win a Big Ten championship to go to the uh, the old final four, uh, what do I say, playoff 
Uh, and, and NCAA playoffs. No shot. <laughs> yeah. So as long as they went out. You so hit the cricket button. <laughs> so as long as they do that. So I'm excited about that being a Hawkeye fan. We've had a bunch of down years, and so we're excited about that. Um, and they had a really cool thing. I don't know if you guys just know you guys like wrestling. I know like college wrestling, but Iowa just had their, um, I forget what it's called, something on the gridiron. And they wrestled uh, whoever's ranked number one. They won, but they wrestled. They had the wrestling mats outside um, on uh, Kinnick Stadium uh, on the hockey on the football field. So it was awesome. It was great. This is my music to go out on. Go Hawkeyes! Yeah, there you go. So for Carmen and Christopher, I'm Josh. Thanks for listening to Scrap City Sports. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, and we will uh, check you next time. He shot over three hundred percent. Hey, what's going on? The ice doesn't belong in here. It belongs out there. See, what, 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 what you three jabronis are leaving out here? If you smell what the rock is cooking. I'm going to see all your hamburgers right now. What, lock your doors, lock your windows. I'll be coming in your house and your hamburgers. Even the frozen ones. I'll find them and I'll eat them. Because I am the hamburger. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Hey, you very good. See you next time. That's all, folks. Toodaloo. Au revoir. Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao. Ding dong day. Get the hell out of here.